0: now, sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Carguy Radio Show.
1: At last, after all my years of searching, the Cave of Wonders. Huh? Cave of Wonders? Know this, only
0: one may enter here.
2: Guy Radio Show.
1: I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the
0: bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible. 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 Bi- bi- Negotiations Bible style. Seek ye out the diamond in the rough. Seek ye out the diamond in the rough. You know, when it comes to cars, that's an amazing strategy that I'll share with you that a lot of people are out there driving for free because they understand what it means to buy a car that's the diamond in the rough. And I'm going to share a lot about that a bit later. But an even a more amazing strategy is how to advance the kingdom of God with this, seek ye out a diamond in the rough. Well, years ago, I honed in on the word grace and I was just bound and determined to figure out what grace means and I kept coming back to this word favor and who or what has been your favorite even when they seem to least deserve it (laughs) that when they seem to least deserve it that's when they're a diamond in the rough you see in Isaiah 61 and Luke 14 Jesus proclaimed it was the year of the Lord's favor which is actually the Old Testament word for grace, the Hebrew word. And yes, you are his favorite even when you least deserve it. In fact, the diamond in the rough is you and me. And the neat thing is Jesus has a lot of favorites. <laughs> but have you seen this in action? Have you seen where somebody actually treated a diamond in the rough with grace, with favor, in spite of them acting absolutely like they don't deserve it. And I, and I want you to think about a picture of that in your mind. And I can't imagine a better picture than I witnessed a few weeks ago. You see, I've, I've taught special needs Sunday school for many, many years. And one of his students and his mom I've known for a long, long time, probably 20 years, but I've never seen anything, I really have never seen anything like the grace or the favor this mother showed for her son or anything close really in my entire life. You see, this young man, now he's in his 30s and he's autistic and, and he loves fans and he loves keys. He especially likes your car keys. And if you know, I mean, he's going to ask to hold your keys. And a few Sundays ago, he got his mother's keys. And somehow he threw them in the closet that was in our room and then locked the door. And when it came time for everyone to leave, we couldn't find her keys. And she knew her son probably did something with him, so she questioned him, and somehow she came to understand that they were locked in that closet. And none of the teachers had a key to that closet. And so fortunately, we found the church administrator who did have a key, and she came, and she unlocked the closet. And For some reason, only understood really by that young man. He knows why, but none of us knew why it totally enraged him i mean it enraged him and he ran at that closet door and he slammed it with all his might i mean like nothing i've ever seen in my life and like boom this was a big heavy solid door and when he closed it like it did i mean the whole church shook it just went bam and then he turned towards his mother still enraged and I was scared, so I tried to restrain him. Now, I'm no small guy. If you know me, I'm six foot five, <laughs> 240 pounds. I'm not little. Well, I'm going to tell you that he tossed me aside like I was a rag doll, like nothing. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he must have had a shot of adrenaline because he handled me like in a half a second. <laughs> and then the most remarkable thing I may have ever seen in my life in the midst of all this fury and rage. His mother looked on him with a loving attitude, I'm gonna say was from heaven. I, that's the only way I could imagine it. And she says to him, in the middle of that, you're picturing this, he is totally enraged, and, and he's just throwing a, a, the six foot five, 240 pound guy to the side like he was a rag doll. And in the middle of that, she looks at him and says, with the most loving face look on her face you've ever seen, she says, it looks like someone needs a hug. what how 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 could she do that in the middle of that circumstance but she did and the results were phenomenal I'm going to tell you this young man melted in her arms I mean he went from this enraged person that you couldn't love I have no idea how you could but he immediately went to this This young man is usually the most lovable character hug you until the cows come home loving i mean that's the way he normally is and he went right back to that almost immediately and it was completely a picture of grace it was unmerited favor he was the diamond in the rough and grace found him so my question bob for all of us today is when have you seen something, and I know that you've seen it in your own life because Jesus came after you when you could not be more despicable, when you could not be more enraged, when you could be more running the opposite direction. Those of us who have that testimony, and I know all of us too, you know, that, that's what he does. But when you least deserve it, right, that's, that's when Jesus steps in. When did you see that in that? When did you actually see that? And I got to tell you, this woman, I would – this mother, I mean, I would put her down, Bob, as like a super saint of all time. I know a lot of the struggles she has in her life, but she always has joy on her face. And I have never seen love in a more – or calmness in a more difficult circumstance. Just unbelievable. That's pretty amazing stuff when you first told me about it this morning. Uh,
1: I was kind of overwhelmed with <clears throat> when it's our kids, uh, it can really, really, really make a difference. Uh, I can't help but think about some of the events of Rob's life when he was uh, really, really using the drugs bad, and and just uh, some of the things that happened between us, and and where all I could do was just love him. And uh, there was no, you know, I couldn't fix him. I I tried. Anybody that knows me knows I tried to fix uh, the things that were wrong in his life. And, uh, you know, and sometimes he was a pretty nasty young man to deal with, uh, especially when he was using, you know. And when he was straight and and not afflicted by drugs or the after effects or any of that, he was one of the most awesome young men you'll ever meet. But uh, uh, there's drugs will change somebody's personality oh, just terribly terribly and um it's it was just a. you know it just made me think of that this morning you know
0: because i imagine well i know you're thinking about something in your life and i would love to hear the story at 866 348 34 truth and yes there is a strategy to the diamond in the rough and looking at cars as a diamond in the rough, but people as diamond in the rough is is kind of what God does, and we would love to hear that story. Once again, the phone number to call, 866-348-7884. We're live this morning here in September, a beautiful, cool September day. Life is good. Second day of fall, isn't it? Right, and speaking of fall, you know, one of the grace experiences I've had, which I will not get to in this segment, but. You know, I kind of fell and kind of broke my leg. And guess who was happened to be there? My Christian Junkyard guy. And guess who showed me grace in the midst of my... <laughs> and we're going to get to that story in a little bit. But also, very special, in the fourth segment today, last segment of the show, we have a brand new episode of Christian Car Guy Theater for you. Jailhouse Justice Part 7. And the saga continues. The new R, the bad guy, is really up to some stuff in Beaver County, and, man, he's, he's got a lot of stuff going on. You're not going to want to miss that. It's coming up in the last segment. Of course, we always want to point you to our website. That's ChristianCarGuy.com, where you'll find the Jesus Labor of Love, which is our ministry, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. We had a chance to do some of that this week, didn't we, Bob? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir as is every week we're blessed with people that go in at christiancarguy.com and access that application for you know repair for single moms widows families in crisis you fill that out and it comes into our group of volunteers and we do deal with it as best we can of course some people obviously go there at christiancarguy.com to donate to the jesus labor love some people use that to to donate their labor and we are so appreciative of that of course We've got the podcast and all that stuff at christiancarguy.com. But when we come back, I am expecting these lines to light up with your stories of unmerited favor. When did you see grace in action? 866 348 7884. We're going to love to hear those when we come back.
1: At At last, after all my years of searching, the cave of wonders. Huh? Cave of wonders. Know this, only
2: one may enter here. One whose worth lies far within the diamond in the rough. <laughs> Seek
1: thee the diamond in the rough. I'll surrender. To
0: Making diamonds out of dust. <laughs> He's making diamonds out of us. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Today we are live. We would love to hear your diamond out of dust, your grace story. And we're going to talk about cars that are diamonds out of rust in a minute. 866 3 7884 is a number to call in and share. We got Al is in Greenville, South Carolina. Al, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. I'm dying to hear your story.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm, uh, driving through, uh, on the way to, uh, uh, do something for my daughter, uh, down at Anderson university in South Carolina. And, uh, Wonderful. I figured I would, I would let you, I hope some of your listeners would appreciate this, but there was a tremendous miracle in uh, in my life and, uh, it was grace. It was, it was a lot of things, but <clears throat> I, I uh, was born and raised in the housing projects near New York city and my dad left my mom with six kids and, uh, my mom came out of the Catholic Church in 1973. Uh, she passed in 04, but she was really one of my, she was a hero for me for what she did and uh, raising, you know, six kids without, without my dad. So um, uh, that was the beginning. And then, the, it, you know, I grew up poor. We didn't have a healthy diet, which we'll come into later on in the story probably. Um, you know, you grow up poor and you're on welfare. You don't really eat the best of food. So... Yeah. Uh, never spent, I got, um, graduated high school, got off well friend, and all of us in uh, my family, my my four brothers and my sister, we we hated being poor, we hated growing up without the dad, you know, all of that stuff. So, uh, always been very healthy, thank God. So, um, about 44, in my early 40s, 11 years ago, I had transferred. I worked for FedEx for 33 years, and I did, uh, eight years in New York City, 22 in Buffalo and two I live in the wow. yeah, yeah yeah you should see the storms. yeah I know yeah. oh, so um I never had a health issue really and um never any surgery so one day well not one day but it's gradual I had some pain and I had some things going on in the abdomen I thought I had a hernia maybe I ignored it for a while and I finally went to have uh get checked and uh I got treated at, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. I went to the doctor, and he said, listen, I want you to have a colonoscopy. And I said, I'm only 44. He goes, I, I want you to have a colonoscopy. And I was okay, I don't know. That, that, was, that was from the Lord, man. That was amazing. That doctor saved my life. And I uh, went for colonoscopy, and, and they found cancer. And um, so I go in, This is <laughs> this is all true. It'll, it'll blow your mind. So I go in, and I sit down for the consultation. And the first thing the doctor says is, uh, He says, where's your wife? I said, she's at work. And he goes, "Um,
0: are you religious?
2: I said, imagine that, you know? I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. What's going on? He goes, well, you have a, you have colon cancer and it's a giant tumor. It's all over your abdomen. I was like, okay, Uh, what do we do? He says, well, you have to have chemo, radiation. We have to try to shrink this tumor. We can't operate on it now. It's just big as it's a double fister i was like okay so uh it was tough it was it was rough i i missed a year of work and i had the uh chemo the radiation they at that point they said there's no spread though but we're just amazed that right now you have no spread we just can't believe it because uh so okay i I made uh i went through the the chemo the radiation and of course the church everybody's praying for me and and it, it was tough. It was really depressing. It was a long, lonely journey through the darkness because you don't know if, you know, I have a wife and three daughters, and they were little at the time. But oh, yeah. Yeah, the prayers of my church, and, and and I got anointed with oil, and I always was full gospel Pentecostal. When my mom came out of the Catholic Church, um, we went to full gospel churches, and, uh, uh, you know, Assembly of God, uh, Pente- anything Pentecostal, I accepted the Lord when I was young. And I really, so we went through the, there were some complications. I was treated at um, Roswell Park Cancer Institute in Buffalo, New York. Um, it's a pretty well-known uh, institution. And my surgeon was a woman who had just got there just a few months earlier. And it's amazing that she was there when I was going through what I went through because she was voted one of the best um, colon surgeons in the U.S. And she's not a lot longer there. I believe she's in Kentucky now. And um, I had some complications. I had to have a few different surgeries. But she sat down after the surgery and she said to me, "This is absolutely miraculous." That was the word she used. And she said, "We see people come here with tumors that are, you know, tiny, maybe uh, just a half an inch, or and they go all over their body. You grew this giant tumor, and we have no idea." why it didn't spread. We just can't. I'm using you in a, in a uh, she used me in a case study, and she, uh, I had a nurse friend that worked at the hospital, she says, you know, she mentioned your name, she goes, if you're such and such, <laughs> if you're Alexander, such and such, it's like, ha, ha, you, I mean, it's just, it was, a, uh, uh, it was grace, it was a healing, and uh, I'm just amazed at what, what God did for me, and then sometimes you wonder, like, why did God do it for me, and not for, because I saw many people in the hospital, I didn't make it. And, I, you know, some of them, obviously, are Christians. You you would think and you would know, but it was a blessing. So anybody that is going through something like that, just keep praying and have your church pray. Get anointed with oil and don't ever, ever give up. That's that's, because the Lord can do things that will absolutely blow your mind. And the hardest part for me was, you know, I was a big guy driving a big truck every day. I didn't want to really, you know, I had to... I had to uh, pray and you know, and, and just everything I had, I had to do everything myself because I grew up without a dad and I, I just you know it's hard to, to 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 um you know it's just hard to oh, yeah. uh, submit to to, to to that but I just hope that the challenge of God bless you thank you very much oh yep.
0: thank you God bless you Al what a story we would love to hear yours 866-348-7884 so much more Christian Car Guy show coming up.
1: The Cave of Wonders. Huh? Cave of Wonders? Know this. Only
0: one may enter here, one whose worth lies far within, the
2: Diamond Inn.
0: and diamonds out of dust today we hope on the Christian Car Guy show help us all to realize that God took us as a diamond in the rough and he continues to work with us as as grace would have it and we would love to hear your story of course we dearly love to hear the testimony that we just heard about God saving a life through cancer and I couldn't help but relate to that in so many different ways. Um. <laughs> You know, he just shows up in so many miraculous ways in so many different people's lives. And, and this is an opportunity for you to share along those lines something that, that, that you feel like God's putting on your heart. And we would love to hear it. we got one segment left because we got the Christian Car Guy Theater episode coming up in the last segment. So you got to get it in now, 866-348-7884. And, Bob, I guess I should explain this cast on my leg if you must (laughs) if you must well bob and darren did the show a couple weeks ago when they went out and uh, when darren had gone out darren coon a good friend of mine had gone out to help the victims of Irma and all and they did a whole show with andy Bowersox on that and they mentioned that i was in colorado which was true fishing but what and they also mentioned that yes i had a broken leg but they didn't tell me how they didn't explain how that happened or what Bob's involvement when that was, which he wasn't involved in the leg getting broken, but he was involved in the grace mm-hmm. that I received as, as a result that literally kind of saved my life. I don't know how to put it other than that, but Bob, here's what happened. Bob knows all too well that I was out on Blues Creek Lake, which is a lake not too far from us here in North Carolina, and my father's boat, and the, we thought the boat had run out of gas. And I knew that Bob had a house out in that lake, so I dialed 788-9122. <laughs> so Bob would come pull this boat for me. <laughs> Actually, I, I called Bob, and he came out just, man, lickety-split. He was right out there to come tow this boat. And we towed the boat over to a boat dock because we thought it was out of gas, to a boat, uh, gas dock and uh it wouldn't start after we put some gas in it and so bob i asked bob if he would tow us over to our marina and he starts to tow us and as he did i saw that we were headed for another boat and i thought wow well, i'm going to go get out on the bow of this little boat and push us off so we don't hit that other boat and when i go this out this is labor day this is labor day
1: there's boats every every everywhere boats people commotion
0: just yeah, there are boats all around the, the uh, gas dock. Uh, there were yeah, people everywhere. It was the day.
2: <laughs> For <before laughs> it, it was
1: exciting. <laughs> exciting, you know, trying not to bump into folks and everything.
0: And so as I'm out there in the front of the boat, unbeknownst to me, there's another boat behind us, which I understand now in the story that somehow or another we struck the other boat. And when that happened, the boat lurched, and I started to fall. And, Bob, you can explain a little bit how i felt because you saw it i was just living it kind of in super slow mo well
1: there's a a rail up on front of the bow and he stepped between the rail and the boat and his foot got caught down there and anyhow they fell backwards over the over the rail and he's hanging by one leg uh and you know off the front of the boat and then all of a sudden we see his head go underwater
0: and uh, that's not, yeah. not, a, not a very good feeling. Yeah. Hey, so from my a, standpoint, I'm trying to figure out how in the world I went over backwards off the boat. I'm in the water. And, and hung. And hung. And my leg is in excruciating pain because that one leg is the only thing that's holding me up and actually was broken as it turned out. And I'm upside down. Now, the way my wife described this, she says, I have no idea how fast Bob got in the water, but he was driving his boat. And the next thing He was in the water with you. So all I knew was I felt Bob come up underneath me and push my head up out of water so that I could breathe. And then my daughter and her friend are trying to get this leg unwrapped around the thing. And, of course, it seemed like it took about 20 minutes, but I imagine it was was a matter of few moments. But my leg was was in excruciating pain as they unwrapped that leg around the rail and got me in the water it was pretty crazy um just
1: it happened so fast and uh the day two days before during the clean sweep i had skint my shin pretty bad because i I tripped over a stump while we were cleaning up the lake and i had already determined that i wasn't getting in the water and i didn't get in on sunday and here it was monday (laughs) labor day and I was staying out of the water, but uh, you don't worry about a scratch on your on your leg when uh, somebody's hanging upside down with their head underwater. <laughs> I I
0: just you know I just want to see if I could get over there and help. It was just all right. My wife said there was a sheriff in the water. There were all these people, but Bob was the first one there, uh, and um, it was one of the more amazing uh adventures that robbie finds himself in my wife is like you can't go anywhere without him in the hospital i just broke the small bone in my leg and yes i have a cast on but the 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 point is uh, and those who know me well know that i had a cancer story similar to the one that we heard earlier um where god saved me from cancer but i also fell out of a tree 35 feet and broke three ribs and punctured a lung and I happened to fall out of that tree backwards very similar to the way I fell off the front of the boat and also right after my last chemotherapy treat I got crushed I mean treatment I got crushed between two cars which was my other shin and almost lost my left leg but it was my right leg that hung in the boat equal opportunity leg but I, I have this daily prayer where I pray every day for certain things which is really a blessing and i want to cover that some more in the next show but i had prayed that day and god asked me to ponder something and so my pondering was why is it that these things are happening to me why am i falling off boats why am i falling out of trees why is it you know that it seems like my life seems to be in peril often (laughs) my wife (laughs) says i have nine lives as does this local tv station or something and i pondered this and i pondered it cuz that was the word that jesus gave me for that day to ponder and so i pondered it well that thursday i went to my christian businessmen's meeting and i have a dear friend he's a man's man and i don't think you'll see this man cry probably once in 10 years but i i went through the story of course he sees my leg in the cast and you know all the, i tell him the whole thing and i said but the strange thing is, is jesus asked me to ponder this i'm supposed to ponder something about this and the thing that gets me is how is it that I fell backwards out of the tree a similar experience how is it I got that le- other leg crushed my other fibia is actually I don't even have a fibia on that leg what is the deal with this and I look over to my buddy who's named Gather, and there are tears streaming down his cheeks and I'm like Gather, what what and he says Robbie don't you see it and I said see what and he said he's always going to catch you boom boom (laughs) you know no matter where no matter what you are the diamond in the rough and he loves you and you may be caught by a friend who jumps in the water very quickly or you may be caught by an ambulance that's going to take you to the hospital or it may be that you don't get caught till you get to heaven I don't, you know, because like my friend who survived cancer, that he talked about. You know, there was a lot of people that didn't survive when I was going through mine. I don't know how it works exactly, but the point is, Bob. No matter what, he will, he will catch us.
1: That's amazing, brother. I hadn't quite looked at it like that, but you sure have been caught. You've given him a lot of opportunity <laughs> to catch you. That's for
0: sure. That is for I, I, sure. I'm clumsy may be a word for, you know, when you're six foot five, and I just have struggled my whole life keeping my feet. And um, anyway, it is a car show, so we got to talk about cars just a minute, Bob. It is a strategy, and it's a good strategy to, in my opinion, to drive a beater to go out and find a diamond in the rough. You know, look – on craigslist for cars that are under a thousand dollars and go out and find one and if you find one you look it over and you may see wow i can fix this and this and this and this and by fixing those little things you can turn around and sell it for more than you paid for it and if you do that time and again maybe three times in a year guess what You drive for free. All the instructions are at my website. You want to say something, Bob? Absolutely. Thanks for letting me be
1: here today. Enjoyed the show and uh, hope everybody enjoys the theater. Yeah,
0: Christian Carguy Theater coming up. Stay tuned. for Christian Guy Theater. With today's episode, Jailhouse Justice, part seven. Previously on Jailhouse Justice, we had a whole lot going on. I'm gonna go as fast as I can to try to catch you up on the goings on in our little town. Listen carefully now. Bad Brad kidnapped Allie, who was rescued by the brave-hearted sheriff and Eustace. Not to mention the explosive under-the-hood team in Jimmy's Jeep, who pulverized Brad, and Brad ended up in the jailhouse hospital. The sheriff went out of town. Brad escaped, kidnapped Allie's doxy, and fainted, allowing Eustace to easily recapture him. But then Christie, bad Brad's daughter, was kidnapped by the nefarious noir and sidekick Lou, who disguised themselves as two other hoods named Angelo and Vinny, and allowed Christie to escape. And now the Noir and Lou have decided to open up a fine-fit auto parts plant right next to Nahum's garage, calling themselves Eldon Blackwood and Otto. All that as they were plotting another nefarious plan to rip off Allie's grandfather. Got that? Phew. But on our last episode, we left our Under the Hood team in the midst of a heated discussion. Jimmy's Jeep is heating up as Fernando Fuel Injector starts spraying.
1: Hey, you guys under the hood. You ought to let me pray for a change, huh? My prayers could inject
0: some uh, much-needed reverence around here.
3: Just what are you employing, Buster? Yo, time tensioner.
0: Hey, wait, wh- hey, hey, when did we get a fool injection system? <laughs>
1: oh, see, si, muy gracioso, very funny, very funny. Well, it's no wonder we get into all the trouble we do. Mosley motor oil and Gracie gas tank. The way you gringos approach the Lord—never <laughs> one single thee or thou. No reverence! Not right, not right. Mm-mm. Respect, honor, that's the way of God. I side with Fernando Fuel Injector. Let's spray with him. Thou art right. Agreed, Frenchy Fender? We Latin language parts are tight.
3: Oh, no, 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 no. This is not right. Gracie Gas Tank, don't let this silly argument split up our body. We are one body, and I, for one, Frenchy Fender, side with the whole body. Fernando, I just want to say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and I would love to hear you pray, and I would never doubt Jesus loves you and wants to hear your prayer.
2: No way,
0: Jose, that's what I say. You see, Mosey Motor Oil says that, and that's my opinion, and I am slicking, sticking to it. What? Gracie Gas
3: Tink, I am shocked. Are you going to let this fuel, Fernando Fuel Injector, talk to us this way? What kind of propane are you drinking anyway, Gracie?
0: Just then, Fernando Fuel Injector's wife, Anita Intake, pipes up.
3: Hey, Fernando Fuel Injector, my husband. Lighten up, honey. I love the way you pray, Cara. But ay ay aye. You might get an explosive reaction, mi amor. She's right, Fernando. Be nice. That's so true.
0: Now that is the truth. That is the truly true truth.
3: Fernando, you listen to your wife. I agree.
1: Ah, you're right, babe. My little bonita Anita. You know, like my abuela used to say, "Delante de la caída va el orgullo." Pride goes before the fall, and uh, and I humbly apologize to you under the hood team. I get a little too heated and carried away, you know.
3: <laughs> oh, mercy, Fernando. That is very good. Don't you worry about
0: it, Fernando. Hey, you all right, man? Don't worry about it. God's got
3: you. All is forgiven, Fernando. All's well that ends well.
0: Despite a peaceful resolution under the hood, Jimmy notices that his engine is heated up and drives over to Nahum's garage. Hi Nahum, just wanted to check my engine. You know how finicky it gets sometimes. It's almost like a living person. Well, howdy, Jimmy. I was just about to go over to that potluck at the church. You know, my wife's heading up the welcome back sheriff celebration. We'll get this fixed up and I'll catch a ride with you over there. Yes, sir, I'm headed over there next. Ha! What do you
3: know, my engine seems to have cooled down. Go figure. Oh look, Nahum, here comes Mr. Blackwood and Otto. (laughs) Heh. Just call me Eldon, Jimmy. Right. Eldon and Otto.
1: Are you guys going to the potluck over at the church? We're on our way. Wouldn't miss it. Nothing like church potlucks, you know?
0: Yeah, now myself, right about now, I could eat a whole cow. Hey! That Don't know about a whole cow, but it'll be good eats for sure. And you can meet my wife and a lot of the town folks. See y'all over there. As Jimmy and Nahum take off in the Jeep, Noir and Lou chuckle amongst themselves as they drive over to the church. (laughs) Just one more opportunity to butter up Nahum's wife and the rest of the community. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind lots of butter on biscuits, mashed potatoes, buttered corn, buttered popcorn, and buttered butter. Meanwhile, at the church hall, Nahum's wife, Nettie, is supervising.
3: (gasps) That's right. Yeah, pie's right over here on this table, and the main course will go right on over there. The salad's on that table, darling. There you go, Lulu Mae. Oh, that looks so yummy. (laughs) and elvira you brought your red velvet cake my favorite and then we put the welcome back sheriff son right on over here are we excited that he is back
0: hi honey
3: oh hi sweetheart
0: nettie i want you to meet eldon blackwood and otto
3: well hello there eldon and otto heard so much about you you're setting up shop right next to Nahum's garage. It's gonna be a great fit.
1: Like peanut butter and jelly.
3: <sighs> That's right. Welcome to our little celebration.
1: Oh, believe me, I wouldn't have missed it.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, uh, to be more grammatical, uh, me neither.
3: Oh, and and here's our mayor, Elvira Merriweather. Elvira, this here is Elder Blackwood and Otto. Oh, I've heard so much about you and your marvelous fine-fit auto parts plan. You know, the election is coming up and I sure could use votes from some distinguished gentlemen such as yourselves. (laughs) I'm just kidding, of course. Although, I might persuade you by giving you a little of my past exploits, as it were. I was second runner-up in the Miss Dixie Contest in 1973, but, well, never mind, that's just my sense of humor. A sense of humor is the safety valve on the boiler room of life, you know. But but welcome to our town, Mr. Blockwood.
0: Actually, it's Blackwood, but you can call me Eldon, Elvira.
3: Oh, well, Eldon it is, and you can call me Elvira.
0: Just then, people start pouring into the church hall. Well, here they all come. Hi, Sheriff. Well, here's your chance to meet our little town, Eldon and Otto. Oh, yes, indeed, Nahum. Looking forward to it. Tune in next month for the next exciting episode of Jailhouse Justice. What are Noir and Lou up to as they butter up the town folk and their biscuits? Meanwhile, here's Randy Radiator and Danny Dipstick to review today's episode. Randy, looks like the Noir and Lou are pretty slick with all this buttering up there, doing on the biscuits and the town folk.
1: That's right, Danny Dipstick. Oh boy, do I love biscuits, (laughs) biscuits, <laughs> although their butter is pretty rancid, if you ask me. It's not like the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit. This slick nefarious team makes Lucy Motor Oil look dry. <laughs> but, but they are up to no good. And it will be interesting to see if they can fool the
3: whole town.
0: <laughs> and speaking of biscuits, Randy, and butter, there's that little verse about leaven, leavening the whole lump. It just takes a little yeast. How dare he spread it on like that?
1: And <laughs> hey, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to send the fresh oil of discernment and a fresh tray of Bojangles biscuits to boot. You got me thinking about biscuits,
2: Danny. Oh boy.
0: Bye, Daddy! <laughs> See you later, Radiator!